0: Hi, everybody. It's The Ruck, our top-rating podcast from The Times and The Sunday Times. Thanks for downloading us, thanks for listening to us, and thanks for writing to us. Anyone got any comments on what we say, providing that you're agreeing, uh, write to theruck at thetimes.co.uk. have got a fantastic panel today. In fact, looking around the studio here, it's probably the best panel we've had since last week. Um <laughs> First of all, I know a lot of you cricket fans on the ruck and um, how magnificent we've been feeling lately. A great test series between England and India, an absolutely staggering 4-1 victory by England. Jimmy, the bowler, and Alistair Cook, the batsman, rightly fated. And yet the day after this magnificent series, (laughs) when we were still in champagne uh, mode, one person slaughtered the England team (laughs) said they were hopeless. There was no point in going to Sri Lanka. He demeaned the great Mo Ali as a useless spinner. (laughs) And it's about time that he explained himself (laughs) for demolishing the happiness of an English summer. Steve James of the Times, how dare you do that? What what possible motivation could he have for slaughtering this great side? Good to see you, Steve.
1: That's a, that's a great intro, the best intro I've, I've ever had. Yeah. Well, they're going to get hammered in Sri Lanka, aren't they? I was just being, being realistic. There was some praise in that piece, wasn't there? This, I mean, uh, maybe a this, line or two. The Sri
0: Lankan show, is it meaningless then?
1: No, but it's going to be tough. I was isn't it was t- t- going <laughs> <down> to be <there? laughs> It's <laughs> going to be tough, isn't it? It was a great test series, wasn't it? But it was a flawed test series. I, I think that's what I was trying to say. I well, mean, if, I, if England, England managed to win with, without a top three yeah. and not having a clue what their batting order was. So you, what you, saying? you, and they said, haven't got any spinners. But apart from that, it was great. Now another cricket one, Alex Lowe. We can dispose of this
0: quite quickly, and you can answer <laughs> yes or no. Alex, is it true that last week, during the match between the Rugby Writers Eleven and the Rugby Football Union, you bravely went onto the field with a serious hamstring injury, and you helped guide the boys home with an excellent innings? Yes or no yes okay that's enough I've I've heard this story (laughs) about 50 times we've also got with us one of the leading all black faunas in history (laughs) on uh, on Saturday the all blacks lost to South Africa Uh, Stuart Barnes uh, of the Times and Sunday Times you once dropped a goal a magnificent drop goal (laughs) nervelessly in the almost the last act of a major match at Twickenham a cup final to win for Bath against Harlequins your grandson by another granddad was absent totally. Bowden was not there when the All Blacks had got a position that literally under the posts with seconds to go, one drop call wins it. Where, oh where, was your great Bowden?
2: I would say that uh, the one thing I've got in common with Barrett is our surnames both begin with B. It starts... But it ends there. I'm not blowing my trumpet. Though I have dropped a goal in a test match in Wellington, which I don't think Bowden has done in 1985. That was at the start of the game. This was at the end. Steve, I'd like to think it's a, a collective error on the part of the team. But an individual like Barrett has to take the responsibility. I wouldn't mind, even if he sliced it, topped it, missed it. But I want Barrett all. Damien McKenzie, who was on the pitch as well, to take responsibility and have a go for it. That is the greatest crime of all. Everyone misses, we all make mistakes, but to not have the courage to take that moment on, that was a serious flaw. But, you know, Bowden Barrett is a genius, and as we know, all geniuses have feet of clay. The clay enveloped his feet in the 79th minute.
0: Well, he didn't have any feet, clay or otherwise, because he wasn't anywhere to be seen. There was no boots, feet, well, he, he
2: was but, slow, there he was, was no bone. No, he was moving and, very quickly, left say, to right, all over the pitch. Would
0: you say also, though, that, that he was easily corralled by the Lions? Would you say he can't take the pressure? at the very, very big games.
2: No, I wouldn't. I, the problem is he plays so many unbelievable games, that, the like of which we've not seen. When he's moderate, people knock him. When he has a poor game, everyone savage him. And that's New Zealand as well. You know he has one de- one poor game for the All Blacks. They want him out straight away. I don't believe that, and I do believe that if, if you're scoring five or six test ma- t- tries a test match, and Bowden's creating or scoring a couple of them every time. It's only once in a blue moon you're going to lose, even if you're missing all your kicks.
0: Alex, it, isn't it, he a better
2: fullback than I it, am? No, no, he's Alex, it's very, a a, back back.
0: <laughs> Alex, very unusual for the All Blacks to lose. Let's hope it becomes far more uh, regular. But they've lost a the game. Stuart suggested was suggesting that this is the defeat that makes them. So, in other words, you can't lose really, because if you win the game, it's brilliant. If you lose the game, it's also brilliant. So, Wonderful logic. Yeah, it must be great, like uh, life being all. But Alex. Surely now that's given the rest of the world hope because they didn't play well and they didn't know how to get out of the game under pressure.
3: It has to give the world hope because if it doesn't, then we might as well all give up. I can see much to your um, disgust. I can see why it, it may well make the All Blacks stronger because in a, in the pressure of a World Cup, someone might actually say, "Let's let's drop a goal here and win the game instead of trying to win it with a flashy try in the last minute." Uh, and there is a they've got a history of that, obviously. Um, Previous World Cups, um, where where they failed to go for it, and it was only Dan Carter in, in the last one who you know was, was practical enough to to, um, to take the, the points when they were on offer. Um, but it has to it has to give the rest of the world hope, because because without without that hope, then um, why would we uh, why would we go to the World Cup with any, with any ambition at all? Steve,
0: was it was it the result that the World Cup needed though? Because uh, the last three weeks, all the fallers and droolers have been going around as if there's an, no point in the rest of us going there.
2: Yourself being one of them, Steve, I seem to recall in one column.
0: Oh, that was a loose moment. I've been drinking.
1: I think it was brilliant. It was, it was a brilliant game of rugby to watch. I, I was convinced the Blacks were going to win. I think the flip side of this uh, this drop goal, business, isn't it a brilliant attitude that they backed themselves to, to score that try and they kept playing?
3: Not if they lose the game, though.
1: No, no, No. but um, but I mean, whenever you never see the All Blacks kicking the ball out, you know, like some sides will say, oh, it's all over, we'll kick the ball out. They just keep playing, don't they? There's something to admire in that. That's why
2: today in the Times I called it sad because I admire the way they play and they're trying to take the game on. But when a drop goal should only be worth one point and it's Mm. worth three and you're two points down there has to come a moment when it's not just about having fun and entertaining yeah. it is about winning and they they did bottle it it was it was 2007 uh cardiff against france all over again but they will learn from that lesson
3: but but think, i mean that was Alex, a, that was a world
0: cup game wasn't it that's you're that's not to the to to win the game when it's there to win
3: absolutely you are yeah and I, that's why i wonder whether there's a that there's a psyche of of trying to score tries or was was, was reading something over the weekend that that it's not there's no glamour in a drop goal at, at, at age grade level. There's, they're all they're all out to w- win with with pizzazz, and and actually winning is what what matters. And and the, going back to your question to me earlier about um, what it means for the World Cup, I think I think teams will, will draw hope from it, but I'm not sure they draw a huge number of conclusions about how to beat the All Blacks because I, I felt from what I saw, that they largely beat themselves. First, well, I,
0: I'd just like to say on that, first of all, the, the Springboks, I'm absolutely delighted for Razi Erasmus because there was a ridiculous amount of <laughs> of uh, hassle coming round his head as if he lost the last 20 games. We all know that he's got two problems. Well, three problems. One, so many players abroad. Two, he's, uh, it's it's a new team coming through. And three, he's got to pick certain players. He's got to pick certain players. And I think he does a great job. I think he's a great man, and I, I'd really pleased. But... Was the big story, none of those, was the big story, how beautifully Argentina played against Australia. The likes of Boffelli, Delgay,
2: Sanchez, my goodness, it was exhilarating. That story, Steve, is one that's building ahead of steam. It's the win in Australia is the third part of a very handy period of play. Beating the South Africans, brilliant in defeat away to New Zealand. And what's interesting about Argentina, since Mariola Desma has taken over, the one thing they haven't been able to do is scrummage. Now, they've still got guys like Ramiro Herrera at Stad, and they've got people like Juan Figallo at Saracens. They've got in the back row Issa to come back. They get that scrum right, and Sanchez stays fitting in the world class form that he's in, then with the players they've got around them and their ambition, they are going to be as formidable in 2019 as they were in 2015. Steve, um, the end of that game, we saw uh, something in terms of a howler
0: could be said to be more than Bowden Barrett's, worse than Bowden Barrett's, when Israel Farrar, a great player, with a man outside him who, who could have walked, crawled in, in his hands, on his hands and knees, held on the ball. I mean, absolutely Yeah, I, mean,
1: I, I didn't see all that game, but I did see the end there. I mean, he's but. totally butchered that, why was he playing on the wing and not fullback? He's probably the best fullback in the world. Isn't be, he, because isn't? I think what what's happened to Checker is he's he's losing
0: confidence in the people who should be where they are. And it, uh, Viv Richards once said in a in a cricket match, you want to win the first match of the series because then the good players get kicked out with the bad. I think, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's that's what's happened. Argentina, most of our favourite second teams, they kept coming strong.
3: Yeah, they are. And and as Barnsley just said, they can be formidable in 2019, which does not bode well for an England team who are desperately trying to find Mm. their identity because England are going to a World Cup with France, who who look like they're a coming force again, and Argentina, who are proving to be a coming force again, and suddenly that group looks even harder than it looked before. Stuart,
0: you were across the channel many Mm. times this season commentating on the big French games. There there is a revival going on there, as far as I can see, in terms of the style the teams are playing. They're they're, they're becoming a little bit more expansive, and players are coming through, French players are coming through.
2: Yeah, I mean, Bernard Laporte, who I've criticised a lot over the years, has done something right in that he's making sure there's only a certain number of overseas players now. There are more French players coming through and and there is an immediate reaction. Um, French club rugby, though it's got a reputation for being sort of stodgy, they've always unloaded, but but they've unloaded slowly. What I'm seeing now is an unloading game with support runners coming at pace, and that makes Mm. all the difference to lose. Uh, who in those glorious years of Poitrineau, Cedric Haymond, and Vincent Clerc, they, they played the most magical stuff uh, in the back three. Toulouse are doing that again. Stade Francais, who have been desperate for a decade almost in how they play. They've got Gail Ficou and uh, Jonathan Dante playing really well, and, and the support lines are good, and there's a pace in the game. And I always watch a lot of French club rugby, and I've noted, I think it's about 25% quicker, but also it's more accurate as well and there's more ambition. And I think that will translate and that will give us hope because we all want to see a strong French team. Of course team. we
0: do. <laughs> um, yesterday there was a very, very controversial incident. I tweeted it actually to inform every, all my followers that um, Will Rowlands had been sent off, which was a shock to him as he was sitting in the stand in his blazer. <laughs> will, Spencer. Um, <laughs> will Spencer. And it actually wasn't Will Skelton either or Will Scarlett or Will Greenwood or Will Shakespeare. It was Will Spencer huge blistering row was broken out led by Jordan Murphy who in the Times this morning who completely dismissed it said it was a joke said he should never have been sent off which for Jordan I thought was, out of, was slightly out of order Alex red, yellow or not even a penalty
3: to, to describe it briefly for anyone who hasn't seen it Will Spencer 6 foot 7 came in to make an upright tackle on Tommy Taylor who's 5 foot 10 and was sent off because after numerous replays in Tempest concluded that he had not he'd remained upright the whole time, his shoulder had driven with force into Tommy Taylor's head. And under the, the laws of the game, that's a red card. The row that broke out was because the changes that are being made to make the game safer by the lawmakers and, and the, um, the the sports scientists who are who have done all the research are uh, they're trying to drive the height of the tackle down. And the view from the players, the attitude of the players and, and the the DORs is basically not in my name. They don't they don't agree with the way the game is going uh, if, if an incident like that is a red card. And that that's the division we now have in the game, that, that the players are, tr- are being protected from themselves by the lawmakers uh, and they do not like the way the game is going. Stuart? They're both right and they're
2: both wrong. We do need to drive the height of the tackle down. Uh, the administrators are right, the players and coaches are wrong there. Uh, but the... Um, the manner in which decisions are being made is wrong. Murphy said something that that I, I thought was very interesting. He said, we've got to start using this word intent again. I cannot believe the game ever went away from intent when it decided upon yellow and red cards. Will Spencer had his left arm out. He was in a tackle position. Yes, it was high. Was there any intent? Taylor, a much smaller man going down no intent whatsoever how can you red card someone because of the letter of the law and not intent that is to me an insanity Steve
1: Yeah, I I think it was a red but I'd love to know if you scoured every single Premiership game that was played last weekend how many other tackles like that went totally unpunished and, and nobody even saw them I'll bet you there, there, there are quite a few. Do we think, I, th- I think that's the problem, the consistency. Do we
2: think people should be sent off if they have no intention in the name of safety? And do we think... Uh, can I, one thing here, is, it's starting to drive me mad. Our society has become obsessed with safety for everything, at all angles. And to me, we've got people outside rugby now telling players and telling coaches, oh, we're doing this for your benefit. And I'm starting to understand why Murphy is talking about, he used PC, didn't he? I mean, are are we not becoming almost obsessed with safety for players?
3: It's it's clear there was no intent. But I think think the regulators are trying to say that his intent should have been to make a lower tackle. Exactly. He should have have lowered himself to make the tackle, which is very difficult when you're... In a dynamic situation with a split second to react, and you're six foot seven and he's five foot ten, that that that's the the intent argument I think. In, in uh, a nutshell, I listen, sorry,
0: I don't buy any of it. I disagree with you all. The intent. If if I'm in a car. Driving like a maniac, and I drive into Stuart's Stewart's car at eighty miles an hour. I didn't actually mean to do it, but I've, I'm guilty if either I haven't I intent yeah. to do it or I'm completely reckless yeah, as to the consequences. Well. Yeah, and, and I'm afraid. I thought that, that, that the offence, uh, 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 an elbow to the jaw of another player. First of all, it doesn't matter if he's six foot twenty or one foot two. It's just tough. You, you can't say everyone who's six foot seven as no. Carte Blanche. Yeah. I think it was a red, it was a red. under any yeah, circumstances be. before before the before the uh, recent strictures came in. And I also have to say, look, we all know the games. There's some really stupid things that penalised, but frankly, someone is going to sue someone else, and that's what the 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 um, the, the games rulers have got to, have got to keep an eye on.
1: I uh, thought it was a red card, no dispute. I mean, the, the other issue going on from that is, uh, as it was yesterday, it ended up being a being a good game. But if they're going to be that strict on those tackles, it's keep going to be fifteen against fourteen. Yeah. I mean, it, John Westerby, I think mentioned in the column a while ago, didn't he? Maybe bring in something different, like a, an orange card. You know, something different from a you know real f- act of foul play for mm-hmm. for a red card, something in between a yellow card. I, I don't know. Funny that. What do you think? It, if they'd had one of those in the 2011 World Cup, Wales would have won it. Well, exactly. Well, yeah, with the War, Warburton thing, yeah. Like um, Alex. I, I don't um, know.
2: What do you think of that, Stu? I'm sort of a, a little bit peeved with the fact that yellow cards were actually brought in to make the game a better game and to cut the cynicism. And what they're actually used for now is referees who haven't got the balls to, out, yeah. to say red card or not. Um, and, and that's my issue there. Um, what, so you think I, I would think make
1: it even I, worse There's it, one I, in between?
2: I fear, I fear that would be the case, yeah. I, I I think referees have it very hard because there's a set of laws they're meant to know and then we've got these strictures that administrators every two weeks come up with a new idea to save the game and make us safer. And the poor referees, they don't know what they're doing. And it shows.
3: But I don't it, think it helps the game that, you know, coaches and, and players will come out and just say, oh, the, game, the game's gone soft, we don't want them, we don't want we want to allow tackles like that to happen because there got, was no it not no offence it it's it harder hard than it's been yeah. I, was, I was sitting at the rico arena and the 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 intensity of that game and the hits that were being made legally and the the power and the force and the pace at which this game has been played was extraordinary yeah. it's the game was not they all are, though. In fact, christian day has, has the um, previous chairman of the rugby uh, players association has, has tweeted saying, so making exactly that point the game has never been tougher i don't think mm. but what what, uh, what what the game is trying to do is remove shots to the head and um and i i, I agree with you see i thought that was a red uh i thought the reaction was was unfortunate from um someone like jordan murphy um and, and i think it's actually not the only it's the issue in the, in the game that's that's causing the most headlines but there are other major disciplinary issues which which the game is not addressing around the breakdown yeah, clear, in terms helpful. of neck rolls which um, S- Sam Warburton has spoken about David Pocock has suffered from any kind of crocodile roll um, is really dangerous mm. given that the jackal which you've written about Stuart the jackal is there they're trying to clear him out and their legs getting caught their necks getting bent and and, and there are players flying in off their feet Smashing other players in the head at the breakdown. I mean, the
2: the essence of the breakdown is binding. When you drive into it, there is no binding. There's no no referee in the world who even looks at it. So frankly, there's four of us, five of us, four of us sitting here in 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 our nice little broom (laughs) coverage. But you know what on earth is going on? The game is not being administered at the breakdown, which is the essence of rugby union, the way it is played at the moment. There's there's no lead.
0: Let's just go on to the other side of the Premiership because um, I read some statistics yesterday that it's easily the most number of tries there's ever been at this at this at this stage. Now, some people love all that, That doesn't actually mean it's been that brilliant. But it has been all the games I've seen have been fantastic. People are giving it an attacking blast. They're trying to attack from 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 anywhere, not even Northampton, etc. Alex, you saw two games on the weekend. Premiership, is it doing it for
3: you at the moment? Uh, yeah, it really is. I think it's been a brilliant start to the season. And the game I saw at the Rico, uh, I think one of the big shames in, in writing a report on the game was that most of the report was about the debate over the sending off. And actually the some of the performances and, and some of the rugby played got, got rather overshadowed by that. I think I think there were great signs for for the season, the great signs for the way the game's been played. And when you see Manu playing as he did for the first 20 when you see George Ford playing as he did, Elliot Daly at fullback playing as he did, uh, it was it's it was a, daily was out this week. It was a, yeah. it was a great spectacle, um, and it was just a shame that that some of the rugby got overshadowed by by the um, the sending off.
0: Steve, you've now deigned to join a serious sport after your uh, cricket <laughs> season, transitional period. Yeah. The tra- okay, fair enough. No, you, I know you watch a lot of rugby, but but what what, what, what have you seen so far, and, and and do you think it's actually on the up?
1: But yeah, the entertainment's been good. i uh, like to echo that about Elliot Daly. I reckon, I mentioned Elliot Daly as the England fullback on this podcast a while ago, and there was a lot of Gafouin going on, from Mr Jones especially. I, 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 I I'm sure. <laughs> Anybody no, else remember that?
0: No, I just... I just, I just you, you said, said I think players should. in
1: the right position, you said. I th- no, I, th- I, th- I think he should be 13. <laughs> I think he should be 13, <laughs> that's all, yeah. I think he should be 11 do you mm-hmm. no surely he's got to be fullback now he's been brilliant the last two weeks he? Oh, when was the other game when he made that brilliant but, break but Dominic he's not going to play full back club rugby at full back why because we're going to we come back. Back. Yeah, yeah. but, but I, I'd pick him as England and especially interested in Gloucester as well being a Gloucestershire boy yeah. be interested to see how that sort of carries on whether they can maintain that good start to the season but they certainly seem to have a good pack of forwards, don't they? Ed Slater's making a big deal, And that's a serious back row they've got on there. Ackerman yeah. at eight, yeah. Ludlow seven, and Paledri on the. On yeah, the absolutely, I, I like Judas Paledry. Except <laughs> Pellegri doesn't always get in. Stuart, you watch you him as a boy, were, as, uh, far as, as a boy. Yeah.
0: You're making a welcome return to a Premiership action this week. Yeah, premiership reporting action. What have you seen of it so far? I know you follow, you've follow. probably seen almost more games than the rest uh, of this.
2: But. Um... <sighs> If we can get Worcester out of the way, which was uh, abominable, I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> I think it's been excellent. I'm fascinated with Bristol. Yeah. A lot of people obviously didn't watch Pat Lamb in his previous incarnation at connaught Keep saying, what are Bristol doing, playing from the back, doing this? This is the Lamb White. It tries to tire people out, didn't work against Gloucester, but they're going to keep doing it. And if they're going to go down, they're going to go down in glory. And I think they will keep <laughs> catching defences out and what will happen I think Bristol will get used to the increased intensity of the Premiership and I don't think it's them being naive I think there's one or two coaches maybe critics who don't quite realise the Lamb way and they're going to be really interested and it's also um, it's good to see Northampton finally stopping just banging up and down the middle and playing with variety and width I was hoping Boyd would bring that Uh, it's certainly not playing like the Hurricanes they shouldn't be playing like the Hurricanes they're going to move to a merge between North and South, and I think they'll be formidable by Christmas.
0: Alex, um, Saracen's an extra st- standing out, obviously, mm. uh, but it does seem that uh, if you tr- even now, if you're trying to nominate the teams between, say, number three and number eight, it's going to be unbelievably difficult. And someone is not going to have a bad season, but they're going to find themselves at number number eight.
3: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, mean, I In our pre-season predictions, put Worcester to go down, but said they could easily go down with record points. Yeah, It's one yeah. of those years when... You know, the cliche of everyone could be everyone, but that that competition from from third down to eighth is, is fierce because if if Northampton get on a run, if Harlequins get on a run, yeah, you know, they, they can they can you know, make make a big impact on on the league. I think Leicester, I think I picked Leicester to be top four, and actually they look a different team, um, it was certainly a different team to the first weekend when they were at a shambles, and I th- I feel almost deliberately so. The players had completely lost faith in O'Connor and when he was asking him to do George Ford looks like a different player mm. than he looked all of last year. I think they're going to make a mark. And I think, as, as Stuart said about Bristol, that they, they've they almost epitomised the, the attitude of, of the league this season that they haven't come up to just try and play percentages and cling on mm. for some losing bonus points in the hope that they might pit Worcester for survival. They've come up to have a go and, and play in the, the Patlam way, as Stuart describes, and it's just been... Such a refreshing uh, addition to the league. and it, Yeah, they ran out of steam against Gloucester, but most teams will this season. So it's been brilliant.
0: Steve, um, since you were last on, there's been a, a big event in Wales, the retirement of Sam Warburton. Yep. Sad in many ways. A, because he's, in my opinion, one of the greatest flankers I've seen. B, B an absolutely magnificent guy. I know you have worked with him on books and, and whatnot. Uh, you must have been as... Um, as disappointed as almost as disappointed as Sam was. How, how did you see that whole thing and, and 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 the state of mind of Sam at the moment?
1: Yeah, obviously did, did an interview with him um, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, when it first came out, um, I have to admit I wasn't that surprised. I mean, done an interview with him in March. He'd obviously had some dark times after the. The Lions tour, and I, I think he'd already decided to retire. I think at, at some stage before Christmas. Okay. I think after Christmas, um, he was getting a bit of criticism, and people saying he wasn't going to come back. And he's that type of character. He wanted to prove people wrong. And I think his body was starting to get a bit better. So he, you know, he did make a big effort to, to try and come back. And people were saying that he was training, training well, and was, uh, was in good nick. But then, I think he just took a few blows at training, and, and there was one day there at uh, at the Cardiff training ground where he, he just decided he. He didn't think he'd be able to cope with it, and he, he didn't think he'd be able to get up to the to the level he wanted to to get up to it, and 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 that was it. Um, I mean, it is sad. He's only 29, but he's packed quite a lot into those 29 years. I mean, he's done almost anything, everything in the game, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, sad, but he, I mean, he seems in a, a very good, very good frame of mind. Do you um, think
0: he'll stay in rugby? He's, he's gone into the media for the moment, but.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously doing some TV stuff and I think he's been he's been quite good on that, hasn't mm-hmm. he? I don't think he'll go go into coaching or anything. Okay. I, I mean, uh, maybe ambassadorial work for for Cardiff and uh, and the and the WRU, uh, you know, he's a pretty good ambassador for the game, I'd yeah, say, sorry, wouldn't I didn't he? Yeah. Know Cardiff is Still going.
3: <laughs> Stuart
0: Stuart um Stuart um, Sam w- was really really battered and bruised uh, uh, many times in his career. Then there was a debate between you and Sam which was conducted I felt in um uh, re- reasonable diplomatic language where you you'd written a piece to say that the the, the jackal is is no is a dead animal because it's it's dangerous uh, and it should you, be you didn't like it for many other reasons sam actually came back and said mm. this is why I love jackal but yeah. was that slightly sam uh, sent odd his best from- by the way he's a no, no, big big fan no, no, <laughs> no reason not to but um, I found it slightly odd and slightly in your favour, Stuart, that he he had had this battering, and a lot of it was sticking his head where <laughs> no man would wanted to go, if you know what I mean.
2: And look what happens. I, I, what I found interesting there, you know, uh, we we will agree here, you and I, Steve, who, who remember Ruckin. And, and and people say, well, if you don't jackal. And, and I think Sam said that if you don't jackal you can't get the ball back and you need turnover there's nobody I was a former fly half I understand the importance of turnover no one likes turnover more than me no one has spent more time watching wide angled television seeing the impact of what happens from a turnover I believe in it but I think the jackal whilst it has become an art form it's a dangerous thing for the players who do it it is also without any doubt a way to slow the game and because what Sam had this view that you can't have more than two people going on to protect the jackal. My view was that leaves 12, 13 people spread out across the pitch all day and you end up with a rugby league situation. Now, how do you, contact, how do you combat that? My view was you have rucks, you, you have decision-making where people say, let's send five men in, we'll drive it over the top and we'll turn it over. There's a risk that you if, you, if you don't turn it over, you're outflanked. But this is what rugby is. It's about decision-making. And it's why, for, for, ever since the Jackal has always has been there, I have never changed my view that the ruck was a more suitable way to play rugby union than the Jackal. I
1: totally agree. But, I mean, that's, totally. that's a massive change to make now, isn't it, from the way the players play?
2: No, no, no. It, it is a massive change, Steve. And, and I would never be so stupid as to say, right, there's no Jackal now at uh, international, at uh, professional level, of course there is. But what you can do, you can eliminate it at school level, you can start to eliminate it at junior club level, uh, age group, and therefore, by the time you get 10 years down the road, we will have a generation of players who will be as unfamiliar with Jackal as players of Sam's generation became with the ruck. I,
0: I also think that the ruck had, a, had a, bad, a lot of bad publicity because people got this image that people w- would come out with a oh, yeah. bullet cut bleeding. Yeah. What that was was people being kicked in the head. It was nothing to do with the ruck. Yeah. And the referees allowed it because they thought, mm. oh, I better be trendy, this is good rucking. It, what happened was, I mean, it, there was one time when Graham Brownshee was kicked by Ian Jones in the head. He cut his head and... Roenture was wearing a head guard. That's mm. how bad it was. That was stamping. That's not rucking. Mm-hmm. I mean, anyway.
1: so, some of the injuries now that, uh, at the clear outs are horrendous. I mean, Sam himself had one yeah. for the Lions yeah. against Australia. Paul O'Connell had one there. Rhys Webb had one, didn't he, just before the last last World Cup? There's no there's the, no the, compar- De Villiers. There's been some horrendous injuries. There's no when comparison- people are trapped there and then they get smashed.
2: Listen, there's no comparison with being in that. Uh, jackal position where you end up peeling your hamstring off the bone to be in, in a position on the floor having made a tackle or being on the ground and getting a shoe in and the problem is and I go back to this safety thing we're obsessed with w- what things look like if you get half your shirt ripped off your back and it's a backwards motion and you're in the wrong position the game goes on at pace the players don't mind there is a self-policing and nobody likes this word self-policing except players and I tell you who else likes it Referees of a certain age who will swear the game is better when players know. Steve made that point then about kicking in the head. No players understand that. What happened when there would be a kick in the head? You would have an all in fight. Yeah, that's an all in. <laughs> and,
0: okay, <and> let's <laughs> just go on to Alex. I just want to ask you about another thing that comes under the heading of safety. There have been two huge meetings now between what they call the stakeholders in rugby. One was in San Francisco and one was a less formal one and was in Australia about a structured season. And surely everyone thought that would end in the reduction of matches, especially international matches. Brett Gosper on on, on Radio 5 on Friday was honest enough to admit, and I know he's got savage for it by the shadowy major unions, that the game should have fewer test matches. And he's the first man I've heard in authority who's ever said it. What's your opinion of the, 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 the feeble... Well, I'm sorry, that's my opinion. What's you, your, you wrote a very
1: good piece on this on Sunday,
0: season. What's your opinion on structured season and Gosper's words?
3: I, I think Gosper um, does get a lot of stick from a lot of the unions because he's not afraid to to voice an opinion, as is Gus Show. I think he was quite right. I think the less is more concept for international rugby is crucial for international rugby, and it's crucial for the, for the players. England could end up playing... Is it 20 test matches mm. in, in 12 months if they get all the, all the way in, in the World Cup next year? That's a phenomenal amount of test rugby on top of a full premiership and European season, on top of contact training in between. It's it's way too much. It's, it's out of kilter. Now, if you talk to... I mean, Jamie would know in Wales that fourth international in the autumn, which this year ludicrously is against Scotland, mm. Um, mm. is crucial f- for the funding of the game. England have got a fourth international. In fact, I mean, I know Brett made those comments but virtually every country's been sanctioned to play outside of the international window this November. As, it, as both... you said
0: to me last week, is it eight countries are playing outside the international window? Yeah. Regulation, I should go both ways. Okay, um, it's come to the stage of the, of the rut now where we choose our god or goddess of the week. Someone who we think has just been so superlative, magnificent, soaring above the normal earth and into the heavens in rugby. And we'll start off with Alex Lowe,
3: god or goddess of the week, mate? Well, and it can't be you for that thing with your hamstring. <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, the intro I got, so I had wrote, written down the rugby writers' cricket team on the basis that <laughs> that's two, year, two wins out of two uh, against the R.F.U. In Don't the worry, we big cut this boat after grudge match. But as that was clearly <laughs> not, not allowed, I'll say Razi Erasmus, Razzie Erasmus um, Rasmus, because very good. I think he's he's a force for for good in South African rugby, and he was talking about the pressure he was under going to that game. So I'm delighted for him, for South Africa and for the wider game, that he got the win.
0: Stuart, God or goddess, please?
3: A God. Matt
2: O'Grady. Matt O'Grady was referee of Ealing Trail Finders against Yorkshire Carnegie on Saturday afternoon. Matthew O'Grady, the first time a player, killed a ball two metres from the try line... Gave him a yellow card. I don't want these high-profile referees who are talking to their players with their first name, turn saying, "Come on, come on, get your hand off it." I've warned you once. I've warned you once, and then don't realise when the player takes their hand off it, the player's made a complete monkey of the referee. Grady and that, was, said, that was "Early in the bang. match, five minutes in, exactly. open the if game the up, first two minutes, do it."
0: Fine. Steve, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was going to have him as well, but
2: <laughs>
1: <go> on, <laughs> I was going to say Elliot Daly for his. Performance of fullback for Wasp. but I'm going to go with Jake Paledri for mm-hmm. Gloucester. I thought he's outstanding on that. Uh, Judas on, 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 from one, fr- on no. Friday night. Judas Paledri. Well, this is the man who's left nine clubs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, I think England England have missed out there, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely, absolutely.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's Mine would mine would be uh, Lord Gosper. I'm afraid uh, it's very Luke. unusual. I elevate uh, officials. Uh, to any status at all. I don't like most of them, but fair play to Brett. I know what it takes for the paid official to speak out. I bet you, as I said in the paper, I bet you his phone was red hot before he, he'd even left the studio. Uh, the Ruck at thetimes.co.uk, if you want to communicate with us, we'd be delighted to hear from you, all your criticisms and praise, if there is any. Uh, we should also remember that out there, there's a there's a sport played for at, at amateur level by boys and girls, men and women, which everybody still loves, still goes to do, and we should be reflecting that, or at least keeping it in mind. And I'd also mention mixed ability rugby, which is now booming. That's rugby where people with um, various handicaps team up with able-bodied people. They have games, and it's just wonderful. And there's they're, they're sprouting out all over. Also good news today on a news front is that the England women's team, 28 of them Alex, yep. will be paid, so that's the 15 a side team, no, mm-hmm. no no, mob just paying the sevens which is ridiculous, so the England 15 a side team, go professional, 28 of them, God bless them, good luck to them because they lost out a lot over the years. Thank you for joining us on The Ruck. We'd like to wish Steve James a happy trip to Sri Lanka. Thank you. Um, no one will want anything back from on, copy from that if they're going to get slaughtered by as many <laughs> as you <stay. laughs> oh. Stuart, welcome back to the Gallagher Premiership this year. Alex, where are you on Saturday?
3: Oh, we haven't decided yet. Right, Ooh. well... So don't... <laughs> don't
0: the well-organised papers. <laughs> yeah. Like the Sunday Times, I'll be delighted. I'm delighted and really looking forward to seeing Bristol and Harlequins. Thanks to everyone for watching The Ruck. Sorry I got the wrong will, and we'll be back next week.